0: <laughs> Hi. Just hims. You know, we've been getting a lot of. Um response to our codependency segment. Mm. And so we just wanted to do a follow-up. And in fact, why don't you for a minute just chat with people while I pull up this comment? Because I wanted to pull this up. So I'll tell you why I'm so close because Suzanne <laughs> wanted me to get up. Closer close to personal. the camera. <laughs> told me to scoot
1: my butt forward. So you're gonna see more of my pores than you like today. She's
0: she's all the good content. I'm <laughs> the I'm the visual. <laughs> I'm like this this is what she's looks like best. the lighting's horrible. <laughs> we have to change clothes. We yes. have to get better lighting. <laughs> I didn't even know we needed lights. That's yeah. why I'm not doing this. It be bad. I mean, it it's really bad. important. I always say, find your light. Yes. You know, if you're taking a, if you want to take a good picture, face toward the window. Yes. Okay. Look. So the light is coming towards no, you. You know. always want to find your light. And I am
1: helping just... people find their inner light. Yes. I have no idea what she's Aww. talking about right now. I love now. that.
0: That's so <laughs> true. She helps you find your outer light.
1: <laughs> then we team up to help you find your inner exactly. light.
0: Exactly. All right, so I'm going to read this comment. Um this this woman actually messaged us personally on our um Aww, what your friends won't tell you so page. And um she just is struggling so yeah. bad with codependency and I think this her story is so common. Yes. So so common. Yes. She's been doing this for 26 years in her oh. marriage. She says, I try to fix and mend the family. I feel like I carry the weight of the world. Yeah. She said she felt like she's in a dark hole and it's getting mm. darker. I hate it. So I, I didn't want to use her name because she did message us personally. Yeah. But what, 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 I mean, I, I feel her pain. I do feel it. Yeah.
1: You know, I had a, a series of things written down and I had them kind of in order. But I'm just going to break all the chains and start at the end instead of the beginning. Because... You know, it just struck me when you were talking about, because I was a very sick codependent. I'm Mm -hmm. still working on it. It's a work in progress. So be patient with yourself. I can tell you I've been working on my codependency for years. years. So it's definitely a work in progress. But when I was in my darkest hour, I think the paradigm shift that I had to make Mm -hmm. was that I was not... I believed, like I say in the book, you believe and feel responsible for everyone else's thoughts, feelings, actions, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. I really believed that without me,
0: nothing would get done. Everyone would collapse, right? No, I'm not
1: embarrassed. You notice my face. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I really believe like, you don't understand. If I don't do all this stuff, I have to do all of it. I have to take care of them. I have to take care of them. And what was life altering for me, because I was codependent at, like birth, like mm-hmm. my, you know, as soon as my toes hit the ground. So what was very powerful for me when I went away to University of Florida to, to college, I had to take in a class, exceptional people, and I had to do some volunteering. And my volunteering experience was at a nursing home. Mm-hmm. I was assigned four people. I will never forget these precious people. Sula, they had the most interesting Southern names mm-hmm. and Landis. I'll never forget Landis. <laughs> Landis. And Landis <laughs> changed my life because this is what he said to me. He was a quadriplegic, okay, which means he could not use his arms or his legs, okay, he was in the bed, he had over the years, he'd been there for years, taught himself to kind of, he could hoist himself with his arms a little Mm. bit, just to position so that he wouldn't get too uncomfortable, the kindest human being I ever met, but he told me his story and it changed my life, he said I was a chicken farmer and I had a wife that was very... Needy dependent, she kind of couldn 't do much. he felt like he needed to kind of take care of everything. everything. He needed to take care of the kids, so he needed to be home to take them. Mm-hmm. She kind of was a little sickly, he needed to handle all the finances because the she couldn 't work right so she couldn 't work she couldn 't really take care of the kids she couldn 't really take care of the house, so he did all of it, which meant that he only slept a few hours and he drove at night as a chicken farmer, and so he was so dedicated so codependent so much believing that everything would fall apart without him that he developed a system with with his big rig where we'd sit his arm this way so that when not if when he fell asleep because he needed to sleep while he drove a little bit mm-hmm. crazy but cool. he needed to you know that's I was like well I'm going to fall asleep because I haven't had any sleep when he fell asleep that his arm would fall and it would it wake would, him up it would wake him up and he could get back on track I mean that's oh. literally what his system was and he hit a piling going 70 miles an hour in a semi. And that's how he was a quadriplegic? And that's how he became a quadriplegic. And he said, "In Shannon, my wife is remarried, mm. my children don't visit, mm. and everyone is fine. Yeah. And he was in this nursing home for about five, 10 years by the time oh. I got to him. And it literally took the oxygen out of my out of my lungs. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, don't ever think that people can't do it without you. Don't ever think. I've got to do this because mm-hmm. they need me," he said. "You and me and everyone were disposable. Mm-hmm. If something happens tomorrow, people will cry for a minute and they will move on with their lives."
0: You know, this this really hits me because, um, you know, I've been codependent in many aspects of my life, but at work. I was, you know, uh, I believed that no one could do it, uh, you know, like me or as well as me, or Mm -hmm. that wouldn't get done if I didn't do it. And Mm -hmm. so I did everything. I worked the long hours, you know, I was there for, 14 hours a day in the beginning of my career you know I was um, you know if you needed anything you needed someone a reporter to go somewhere to a story I was the always the one they sent you know and because I was always say yes I was the yes girl Suzanne was the yes girl If you needed me to MC an event I was the yes girl Suzanne would always do it and you know it finally it, it was It took. It was a process, and I'm not saying it was an overnight thing where you like hear the story of the chicken farmer and you're like, okay, now I'm gonna be better. But I will tell you that it's a process, and it starts by saying no, just a no, just a little no every single day to something you really don't want to do or it's not best for you.
1: Well, and what I'm focusing on is the step before the no. Because mm-hmm. the step for me was, you know what, Shannon? You're not God. You are not in charge of all those stories. Mm-hmm. You are not the only way that people are going to get their mm-hmm. needs met. There is, And I, I say to people all the time when I'm working with them on codependency, They have their angels, please let them have other angels. You Mm -hmm. can't be the only person saving everything. You can't be, you know, I tease with people like, I'll be one of your friends, but I can't be all of your friends. We even do it in friendships, right? She's going through a divorce, so I'm talking to her every single day, three hours a day. No. No. It's not your job. No, if you (laughs) do that, you're enabling that person to believe that they can't build their own village. Mm -hmm. If you talk to them 10 minutes a day, they will be forced to go get their own village, to make Mm -hmm. more friends, to lean on more people, which is the best case scenario. Nobody gets burned out. Everybody helps carry this person through Mm -hmm. their difficult time. They also learn some self-reliance. So for me, tool number one, paradigm shift. You are not God. Stop playing God and know that you are replaceable. Everything that you're doing, I mean, think about it. God forbid, people die every day. Mm -hmm. Mothers of children that have four children. And you know what? People step up, those children get raised, the bills get paid. Things go well, like surprisingly well, right? right? So stop thinking. Take your hands the off the reins. Yeah. Right. Step back, and yeah. you'd be blown away. And my story was going on bed rest. One of my son, um, I had to go on bed rest with him, and I had a, you know, almost two year old. And I was thinking, oh my god, they did so much better without me. <laughs> <Right>. My aunt <laughs> practically moved in. She cooked, She cleans. Took care of my daughter. Everybody did better without me. I was like, wow. wow. I'm not all that needed. It was fascinating to me. It was good. And I said, you know what? I retire my cape. Mm-hmm. at this point recognizing that it's you know when I
0: first got married um I had a, I have a funny story about how you know when I first got married I was doing all these nice wife things <laughs> <twice> <laughs> that you're supposed to do I remember you know and I was working at CBS 12 I had a full-time job was working just as hard as he was but I would um every morning wake up and I would make him a sandwich that he could take to work Aww. and um You know, I remember there was this one moment where I, for whatever reason, I couldn't make the sandwich for the day. And he's like, oh, I miss my sandwich. And I was like, oh, I was like, he's, he's like expecting me now to do the sandwich, you know? So I stopped making the sandwich, you know what? And he figured out how to make, get his lunch every single day. But, you know, people start to expect things because you keep doing them. Yes. So you need to step back. Right. And it can start in small ways, like not making the sandwich.
1: Um, and they're going to be mad. They Expect are. Expect that. But only because... I mean, people are teachable. They're only mad because you did it yesterday. Right. They'll adjust. Right. They will adjust. And that's the hard part because that moves into stage two or... Kind of another piece of this is that as a codependent, you want everybody to like you. Mm-hmm. And so when you start changing and you stop making sandwiches, people are like, wow, I thought you were going to make my sandwich. And they're not happy with you. And then that's when you get you all get like swirling, swirling, and you're like, they don't oh like oh, me. You know, oh my gosh. Right. Right. So you have to, that's another piece of this is that's when my favorite thing in the world to do is this. Pat myself on the, the back because as long as I'm waiting on you to tell me that I'm great and that I'm the best wife and the best mother and the best friend and the best colleague and the best worker, as long as I'm waiting on you to tell me that, I have to run. Mm-hmm. If I can do this, well, you know what? I'm a good wife. Even though mm-hmm. I didn't make the sandwich today, I'm a good wife. I'm, I'm emotionally available mm-hmm. and you know, intimacy is great and we have great talks. Like I'm okay. I'm mm-hmm. good enough. And especially with kids as a mom, that's the only way I survived being a mom because as you guys know, they don't say thank you very much. Mm-hmm. They usually... The more you give them, they right. not nice. The more they want. The more they want. <laughs> right. So a lot I would be, be driving the car sometime, I'd just go, Oh, you're a good mom, you're a good mom. You right. know, like they're not gonna tell you for ten more years. So just you're a good mom. Pat yourself you know? on pat the pat back. Pat yourself on the back because if you're waiting for it from
0: others, you mm-hmm. are now set up. And you know, it, that was very hard for me when I started saying no at work and mm-hmm. I have very clear boundaries now about what events I will do on my time. Mm-hmm. It's my time. Right. And so, um, you know, I have to have very clear rules about what I will and what I won't do. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started saying Ooh. no, it was not pretty, nope. you know, and I, and I, and then you're worried, well, are they going to, am I going to lose my job because I'm not saying yes as much as I used to. But you know what? You're not gonna lose your job, <laughs> or you you, <laughs> you're, you might you're not lose, your, lose job. your kids or your husband. <laughs> you
1: might lose your job. But my favorite thing that my friend said to me one day, and I and I'm you know I don't want to offend anybody religious wise. Like some people have religion, some people have faith, some people believe in God, some people believe in the universe. Figure out what you believe in. I don't have any judgment either mm-hmm. way. But this particular person said, "Oh, you think your boss is your sustainer? Like you think that that That's, job is, is it? Is
0: what's gonna yeah. right?"
1: She said, "Hey, listen, girl. Whatever got you that job will get." you the next job right. and I'm like oh so it's not all my eggs in this basket and now I'm
0: terrified that I have to do everything perfect, perfectly or you're gonna get rid of me and, and guess- work all those hours yeah. when when you're Driving yourself insane. You're not getting the sleep. You need you're not tearing taking care of yourself, right? Um, So you really have to come up with boundaries that is I hate that word. I don't even know why I'm using it (laughs) Because I really hate that word because boundaries are so hard for me I think people think that they they see us and they think, oh, they're, it's very easy for us to set boundaries. It is not, no. it is not. It has gotten easier, Yeah, it I will tell easier. you, the more you do it, the easier it gets. You know what you just reminded
1: me of? I'm thinking like, why did I get good at boundaries? What helped me and what really helped me? And I think, you know, with Google today, it's so cool. You can just, you, you know, I can say something to you and you can be on your phone researching it and have the answer in two minutes. So one of the things I wanna to toss out there is Google assertiveness techniques. That changed my life. I remember I had no boundaries, and my mom, who's a therapist, sat me down, and she said, you, you, you need to be assertive. And I'm like, what's well, assertive? I do not even know what she was talking about. I'm like, who's that? You know? And she said, well, you need to set boundaries. And again, I'm like, what are you talking about? So assertiveness techniques, that's my favorite, the broken record. You have someone in your life who's asking you to do something over and over again. They're bullying you. You say, oh, I can't do that. Well, you know, Suzanne, we're kind of dependent on you. Well, I know, but I can't do that. Well, you know, you are our lead anchor. You know, We really kind of expect, so they're kind of pushing, pushing, and you're like, eh. The broken record technique is you pick one sentence and you say it over and over again. I'd love to do that, but I have my son's soccer game and I can't make it on Saturday. Well you know, but we really do rely on you. I'd love to do that, but I have my son's soccer game on Saturday. Well you know, we do expect a little more from you now in this position. I'd love to do that, but I have my son's soccer game on Saturday. Nobody keeps bumping into a wall over and over again. Okay. By the third bump, they're like, eh, and they turn around and walk away. The reason the broken record's so important is you, if you change one word, they will have a different argument. Yeah. Right? So if you change one word, they're like, well, I don't understand. You said it was a soccer game, but you can right. maybe do it Saturday or maybe you can do it Sunday. So they come after you. So you pick one, one sentence phrase. and you stick with it. Right? That's good advice. The yeah. other assertiveness technique that was so beautiful to me I'm sensitive and um, a lot of times I would let people abuse me, like be really condescending or really nasty or really mean and then I would leave kind of hurt or heartbroken and, and I would never stand up to them and I wouldn't know what to do and I wouldn't know what to say in those moments and then I'd carry it around for a week. And so uh, This one I love. It's like when somebody's treating you bad, mm-hmm. instead of you know getting defensive or reactive, help me understand. This is the sentence. Could you help me understand why you're being so condescending to me right now? <laughs> I love that. Isn't that so beautiful? (laughs) I love that. Could you help me understand why you're talking down to me right now? Could you help me understand why you're being so mean right now? I I don't understand. Those are good. It's so good because people are like, What? And then they go, (laughs) I'm not being mean. And then I love my second favorite is... Oh, no, I didn't ask if you were being mean. You are being mean. I just don't understand and why. why. And people are just like, they Whoa. don't know what to do with it. It's beautiful.
0: That is. Because I think a lot of people are so used to... Well, you allow people to treat yes. you how... You you allow it. People so, treat you if, the way you, you let allow them. It, yes. Right. So, it, you know, if they... They they're probably not even recognizing they're treating you that way um, because they've been doing it for so, so long. So when you put up that barrier, yes, you know it's it's almost glaring to them and shocking to them when yes. you say something like that. And the, and
1: where they end up is, well, I didn't mean to be cod- I didn't mean to be condescending. And you're like, oh, you know, I know, but, but you, you are. Were. Yeah. And when you talk to me like that, it's very painful because it feels like you're talking down to me. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh. Wow, okay, so now we're getting somewhere, but the assertiveness is like you're not gonna treat me like this, mm-hmm. and I just need to understand what's you know what's happening here. That's
0: interesting that you say about assertiveness because i this is I think a turning point for me was when i because I negotiated my own contracts, I never had an agent, so I did that all myself mm-hmm. um you know, and in the beginning, I would just give everything <laughs> <laughs> where do I sign take, not right, exactly where do I sign? But I remember um, I, it was right in the midst of working my butt off, it, at working extra hours for, for no more pay. Mm-hmm. Um, because this was a time when we, they, we weren't getting overtime. And so um, literally I was working nonstop mm-hmm. and not getting paid properly. I didn't think for it <laughs> at the time. I bought this book on negotiating. And it's true. Like you've got to just self-teach yourself. You've got Mm -hmm. to, you know, Mm -hmm. teach yourself these these strategies. And I think assertiveness is very good. You know, this taught me uh, how to go into a negotiation Mm -hmm. with someone and, you know, having your facts together, how often I was working, you know, Mm -hmm. laying it out because I think you really have to realize the person that you're dealing with on the other side Mm -hmm. too and how are they? Are they an emotional person? Are they Mm -hmm. a fact-driven person? Right. And so for me, dealing with my general manager at the time, you know, she was very fact-driven. Right. And so I went in with a list of facts of things that I was doing for that company. Right. And it turned things around it was amazing yes. it really was yes you know and you stood
1: your ground right. and that's why that's the broken record technique is it's mm-hmm. so hard for us to stand our ground we end up saying nine different other things and then now we're so confused we don't even know what we're fighting for anymore right. so that one sentence you know and that's what you did with your fast like Yes, and this is what I'm doing. Right. Well, we don't know why we keep it. Right, and this, this is, is what, what I'm, I'm doing. doing, right? And right. so it gives and it you was, that tool. it was
0: the broken record yeah. technique that I used. I didn't even know that was the name of it, but. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, any other yeah, suggestions? A couple
1: others. So we had talked a little bit about this before, but we just wanted to flush these out a little bit. So one of them is uh, literally asking yourself the statement, you know, so, so for this person who wrote in, um. You know that you're not doing it right. You know that, oh, I'm in my codependency, but I don't even know what I'm supposed to do differently. So pausing for five minutes and saying, what do I need to do to take care of myself? And that will lead you to the answer. So say you're sitting there you go, I don't want to do this thing tomorrow night. I don't want to do this. I'm so stressed out great, what do I need to do to take care of myself? Well, I need to tell them that I can't come. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how do I do that? And then you figure out, you know, what you're going to say, what your strategy. But you have to first figure out, what do I need? Mm -hmm. Because we're so used to saying, what do they need? That you have to stop and say, what do I need? And then this next tool that I want to give you, everybody's going to roll their eyes and go, but I get kicked back all the time. (laughs) But it works. It works. (laughs) You have to ask for your needs. And I've had a million people say, but... That's they weird. They should just they know. Should know. Well, if you ask, then it, you don't even feel good when it happens. Excuse right. me? Uh-uh. Right. If I ask for something that I need, yes, here's what I will agree with you. If I say you know, to my spouse, I need you to come in and give me a hug every time you walk through the door, the first four times I agree with you, he's like,
0: uh, Here's your hug. Yeah, and you're going to feel like, oh,
1: God, you're only doing it because I asked you. Right. But guess what? In three months, none of that's going to be an issue going to come in. He's going to give me a hug. I'm going to feel loved. I'm going to feel what I need. He's going to be comfortable with it. So yes, asking at first is a little awkward, but how, how in the world does anybody know what you need? Like that psychic stuff. I'm sorry. That's crazy. Nobody knows what
0: I need because I, and if you continue to do it and you're not, you know, it's, it's putting you in a dark place, which eventually will codependency is Is deadly. It is. It's awful. It's It's awful. And when you get so involved in it and you don't know how to get out, um, you know that's part of the problem. That you're not. You have to make a change. You have to make a change. You
1: have to. And for the people right now at home rolling their eyes, saying she's so dramatic. Codependency is not deadly. Let me give you some examples. I've got two or three. One. You're pushing so hard, you're so exhausted, you're picking your child up at midnight, you've said yes to everything they've asked. Do you know that more deadly than drunk driving is driving while you're sleepy, and falling asleep at the wheel? And I personally know many people who that is what they died of, or that is what their accident was from. They weren't drunk. They were asleep, right? I shared the Landis story. So that's number one. You push yourself so hard that you don't take care of yourself, and you end up killing yourself in a car accident because of your codependency, because you didn't say no No. and slow down. Um, Don't you love when you lose your dream? I know. My second favorite codependency (laughs) story. When you're in your 40s, it comes back. After that, I'm not sure if it ever comes back again. But my best friend um, from college... Um, I didn't ask her permission, but I think she'll be okay with this. Um, my favorite story, her mom was a very good caretaker. Yeah, Love you. Very good caretaker and dad needed a lot of care and she just always put dad first and she did a great job taking care of him. But it was probably on the codependent side because mm-hmm. she's, well, it was because what she started doing is ignoring her own needs. He had a lot of doctor's appointments. He had a lot of needs. She was taking care of him. And then what happened was that she started to have this little nosebleed. Just a little nosebleed. Not a, not a big deal. So she just, you know, she was just kind of wiping and tossing, wiping and tossing. And my dear friend went over to the house and she looked around the house and she's like, Why are there bloody tissues, tissues? Bloody everywhere. tissues everywhere. And the mom's like, Oh, I had this little, you know, nothing, nothing. And she couldn't, you know, well, Daddy needs me and I can't take time away. And so my friend was like, No, we're gonna go to the, the doctor. doctor. She had a hole in her sinuses and was <sighs> hemorrhaging losing all the blood in her body through her sinus cavity. And at some point it would have been lights out because she was literally hemorrhaging to death. These are the things. Neglect of self self can equal death. So codependency, and my third little vignette is what we talked about last week, with your brother with addiction. Mm-hmm. When we wrap ourselves around an addict, and some of you are actively doing this right now, you've got an alcoholic, you're running around trying to clean up after mm-hmm. them, they're calling you from the bar, you're running out one o'clock in the morning to pick them up and you're stressed out. I mean, the places out. I went
0: to go rescue my brother were not safe.
1: Dangerous. Yeah. So you're wrapping your lives around them, so think mm-hmm. about it, I remember this in my 20s, I'm driving frantically, I'm crying, I'm all upset, I ran through, not a green, let's not even call it yellow, sorry it wasn't orange, a red light. It hadn't just turned red. It had been it red. It was red. Wow. And I could have been T-boned, and you know what? My death certificate would have said car accident. But it would have been codependency that killed right. me. So codependency is is a silent killer for mm-hmm. people, you know? So it really is a deadly disease process, just like addiction, when we wrap ourselves around other people that have issues or that we're taking care of them mm-hmm. or their addictions, these are the things that can occur. Yeah. It's serious. So, dark place, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, on the lighter side, you know, you have um, just issues in not taking care of yourself. And then, you know, you have the dark side, which is the side of addiction, which is hard. And codependence, you know, I said this before in the other thing, you start to take on the traits of that person. Mm-hmm. So, of you, the attic, of yeah, the addict, when so, you're doing it that way. Right. Um, One, but mm-hmm. go ahead. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Will you remember what you were going to say?
0: No, I wasn't going to say anything. Okay.
1: (laughs) ADD management. That's right. (laughs) You have to say it immediately. Um, Self-sacrifice versus self-care. We have to modify our giving. That's another great tool is to say... I, You know people that could have been always, I'm a giver. I love to give. It makes me mm-hmm. feel so good. Okay, great. You can be a giver. I'm a giver. I love to give as well. Mm-hmm. However, giving versus self-sacrifice. So that's a question you ask. If I give this to Suzanne, if I spend four hours here today, mm-hmm. am I sacrificing something that I need, need in order for me to stay healthy? If mm-hmm. the answer is yes, yes, then I need to say, can I come tomorrow? Right. I need to do it differently because The sacrifice,
0: again, is what's deadly and what leads to, you know, just poor self-care. You know, and I read something, you know, I love the little uh, quotes on Instagram that I read all the time. But there was something really profound that um, I think Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life, who I love Mm. their blog, uh, posted about... It's okay to say no. It's okay to to change your mind. It's mm-hmm. okay, you know. I think we we think, oh well, we've already committed to something, so I can't change my. mind. You can change your mind. Mm-hmm. It's okay, you know. It's okay to to say, you know what, this isn't gonna work for me today, after all, mm-hmm. and I need to change something to take care of myself.
1: I, I think you did that for like a year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's oh why we couldn't that. do this. That's why we had a hard time <laughs> we doing this. <laughs> I said no but but yeah I mean literally it was it was both of us saying it's just not
1: right for us right Right. now and you know what here's what it is we don't want to say that because we're so uncomfortable with other people's disappointment right stop managing people's disappointment they'll get through it when Suzanne used to do that I would get very disappointed (laughs) But here we are today and it's right. fine and our relationship survived it and right. it was okay and she needed to take care of herself and I right. understood it but I did I felt disappointed and guess what within an hour I got over it right. because it's my feeling and I walked through it right. but as a codependent if you were codependent with me you would have said right. oh, she's disappointed I don't want her to be disappointed I don't, I'm going to manage her disappointment and I'll just right. do it and then it wouldn't have worked out. Right. You know, so it's okay for other people so to be disappointed. So we're healing. Is that what you're saying? We, we're good. <laughs> we're all good. And you let me deal with my own disappointment, which right. I needed to do, right. and walk through it. Yeah.
0: You know, so please. And because someone is disappointed, you don't have to own that. No. You know, let them own their disappointment.
1: Yeah, and you get don't through it. Yeah, it's my feeling, and right. I'll walk through it. Right. And then I did set a boundary at one point of, I understand if you have to change plans, if you could give me a little, little more, more notice. notice. Because right. I'm a bit of a planner, so if you can let me know, what and you're I'm not feeling. a planner, so right. I'm like,
0: okay, two yeah. hours An hour before. To meet. Yeah. yeah, can we not do that today?
1: Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, in the car, <laughs> on my way there. She's yeah, like, listen, babe. <laughs> I was like, you're allowed to change your mind. But you listen, I, me the night I re- I'm
0: a recovering codependent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know what? Like you said earlier, it was so hard because oh, I love right. Suzanne, but I said to myself. Am I going to resent her if I don't, if she does this more and she keeps doing this
0: and I don't say something. So that's why I was like, well, what do I need doing her thing that she needed to do? And I was fine with that. And I, you know what? It was eye opening to me because I really said to myself, you know what? I have to take other people, you know, I have to realize that. This isn't just about Suzanne. <laughs> that you know, it's also about Shannon, and I have to respect her time as well. And that was important for you because you need you wanted to make other plans if we weren't going to be getting together. So,
1: but it wasn't a big change because I can even hear our grumblers saying, "But you can't change people." I didn't change Suzanne. Mm-mm. She knew on Tuesday I'm probably wasn't going to work out. Right. But then she would go, be like, "Well, but, maybe, maybe. but maybe, maybe, but maybe, I can make it work. Maybe I can make it work." Right. And then on Friday, she's like, "It's not going to work," or right. Saturday, and then she would let me know. So by me asking for what I needed right. she, on. Tuesday she's like you know what I'm not gonna mess with this it's not gonna work and I was like great Great. this is perfect right right?" so it's not even about changing people it's just you didn't know what I needed until I asked
0: right and then everything worked out perfect perfect here we are we love each other again (laughs) I know so yeah just be really good about asking for what you need and really sitting down and saying what do I need Mm -hmm. you know what do I need because
1: you deserve it yes
0: Yes, You All deserve right. it. Well, I hope that ha- helped. And um, yeah. if you have any other questions about codependency or any, any issue, please hit us up and let us know. We are always um, wanting to answer your questions, and we're always looking for great show topics. So make yes. sure you give us some, that you're any struggles you're dealing with. Take right. care of you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> All right, love you guys too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Of course, I have to take it off before it will stop because it's not stopping when I... Whatever reason, it won't, it doesn't like this little thing.